Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Otay. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today, uh, on the day of the Askara of Mrs. Safra, sponsored and dedicated loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra, Lela Shalom, Lilui Nishmad, Lea Badov, HaKohen Vechana, whose philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. On today, her day, the day of her Askara, um, we, uh, we remember, we are grateful, and as well, um, we attempt as much as we can to do as many misvot and ma'asim tovim, as much Torah as we can, uh, to be able to be ilunish mata uh, for all the tremendous chesed that she did throughout the world, um, uh, to her together with her husband, uh, Edmund Safra, Alava Shalom. Uh, Breakfast in the class today is also sponsored by Emmanuel Zara, dedicated in honor of Rabbi Fari and his entire family. That's you, Natano. Uh, for their hospitality and kindness. Azaku Baruch, thank you so much. Uh, also dedicated for the speedy and complete refuah for Rachel Gilabat Aliza, sponsored by Ruti and Rafi Fuzailov. And as well, dedicated in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safa Leah Badova Kohen Bechana from her, uh, for her Shiloshim, sponsored by Shimshon Deutscher. As well, we have a. Uh, second here. One more. Oh no, that's it. We did Rachel Aliza. Okay. Um, my friends, I'd like to, if I can, uh, share with you a very interesting idea from our parasha. The Torah tells us, uh, lecha. be careful, uh, be very careful. Thank you so much. Be very careful. I got them all. Yeah, uh, Maybe you will forget the words of the Torah. Maybe you'll forget what you saw uh, on Mount Sinai, etc., etc. Maybe you will forget very important things like who sponsored the cold brew, which was David E. Ash. It was sponsored uh, in honor of you and the substantial good that you do every, uh, each and every day. So there's an, amazing, there's an amazing concept here. We're being warned uh, not to forget. And in fact, the Gemara says uh, that the, the result of forgetting Torah actually brings a tremendous punishment. We don't need to go get into a, get involved in the punishments of a person that forgets Torah, but especially back then when you were not writing Torah down. Again, just think about what this means. If you forgot something from the oral Torah that was handed down to you from your father and your father to him and his fa- and his father to him, it meant that whatever you forgot was forgotten for the Jewish people forever. It wasn't handed down to the next generation. So therefore, the pasuk even says, if a person forgets from his Torah, Torah considers it, considers it as if uh, he should pay for that with his life. So the Torah places a premium on remembering the words of Torah. And Rabotai, there is only one way to remember Torah. There's only one way to be careful, that the Torah's ways are not forgotten and the Torah's wisdom is not lost. And that is to review and review and review and review. To constantly be in a state of learning. A person should always ask themselves, each and every day, what did I learn today that I did not know until today? Baruch Atah If you did not learn something new today, don't go to bed. Open up a Sidur, open up, excuse me, a Chumash, open up a Gemara, open up a Yalkut Yosef, learn a Halakha, 
go online. Go to halachamoment.com. You'll be able to uh, learn a halacha written by uh, uh, my son-in-law, Netanel, very beautifully and very clearly. You'll learn something new. A person should never be in a state of stasis. A person should always be in a state of growth. There was a man who one time came to the house of the Chazon Ish. But when did he come to the rabbi's house? He didn't come on a random Tuesday or Wednesday. He waited until Motza'e Yom Kippur. Everyone's at home. They're breaking their fast. He figures, you know what? There probably won't be anyone in the rabbi's house. The rabbi will probably be tired. He's not going to be sitting and learning. He's probably going to be sitting at the table. Maybe he'll be able to chat. We'll have a schmooze. You know, maybe I'll learn something that you wouldn't normally learn uh, from the Chazon Ish on a regular, uh, any given Tuesday, like they say. He goes to the rabbi's house. The rabbi has just finished breaking his fast. He's sitting at the table. They let him in. He sits down at the rabbi's table. The rabbi looks at him, and he got exactly why he was there. He knew the guy wanted the, ga- the haki, like the rabbi gaz. You know, the interesting bits that you would never normally get. Anyway, the rabbi said, turns to him and he said, you know, when Rab Chaim Valozhin had his yeshiva, so he, he, it came time for his daughter to get married. So you're the rabbi of the yeshiva. Who do you get to choose for your daughter? Whoever you want. You know, you walk into the Bet Midrash, you point. <laughs> you look at the guy, <laughs> you get whatever you want. So he walks in, he looks at one guy, he finds this guy, chooses this boy to be the son-in-law for, uh, for, his, uh, for, his, for his daughter. Anyway, the guy is not the number one Ilui, genius in the yeshiva. He's not the number one, uh, you know, whatever. He's not, doesn't seem to be extraordinarily gifted doesn't seem to be, you know, from a wealthy family. Doesn't come from a, you know, not, you know, from a Shemmi Yuchas. From, you know, a great line of Talmidei Chachamim. What a regular boy. And the rabbi knew that there were those in the family that felt that he could have done better. You know, this is who you marry your daughter to. Could have done better. The guy's not such a great guy. He's not this, he's not that. At the end of the day, everything is from God. End of the day, every shiduch is from God. And you can try and do your best and do your homework and this and that. End of the day, whoever HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to marry your child is going to wind up marrying your child. You can do your best, but it comes from God. The Chazon Idi, Rechareb Chaim waits until Yom Kippur is over. Everyone in the synagogue comes to say, you know, Tzkush and Rabot to the rabbi, right? They're all going out one by one. The family members come to the rabbi and they say, Tzkush and Rabot. He says, hang back, I want to show you something. Wait a minute. Everyone leaves, they go home. The rabbi says, come, come. He takes the family members. He walks down the hall from the, from the, from the, from the Beit Midrash. And there's a little, a little library room, side room off of the library. And he cracks the door open a little bit and he pulls them over and he sees everyone's gone, everyone ran to eat. And he points and he sees, look, inside already over his gemara is who? The son-in-law. 
He tells him to wait by the door. He opens the door. He says, Beni, my son. He says, why don't you go eat something? Before you're already sitting and learning, why don't you go eat something? You just fasted for 25 hours. And the boy says, I had already something. Yani, he already had something, and he's back in the Beit Midrash learning. He says, oh, you already ate? Okay, you know, he closes the door, lets him continue learning. He looks at the family members, he says, that's why I chose him. Who does this no-name guy, not the top guy, who does he become? He eventually becomes, through his hard work, he becomes the Nitziv. Rav Naftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin. Who ultimately, what does he do for a living? He doesn't become a garbage man. Doesn't go a word to you know, become a lawyer. He takes over the yeshiva of Rav Chaim Velazhik. Becomes the next in the line uh, of, that, uh, of that family. My friends, there's no substitute for hatmada. Hatmada means consistency. Being there, studying, learning, more, more, more. A person could sit there and learn and learn and learn for 15 hours in one day. That's not the same as learning two hours a day for a week. It's not the same. It illustrates it's a, a tremendous amount of hours, but then you're then departing from that Torah and then having to come back to it. When a person leaves the Torah, they, it takes time to get back in. If you leave me for a day, God says, I will leave you for two. So there's a period of time that when you leave Torah study, you disconnect from its values. My friends, there's something in this parasha, I think, that speaks to this concept. Moshe Rabbeinu decides he wants to go into the land of Israel. And I prayed to God in that time saying, please let me come into the land of Israel. How many times did Moshe Rabbeinu pray to come into the land of Israel? Huh? 515 times. Gimatria ba'etchanan. 500 and 15 times he prayed for it. Now, my friends, I, I, I'm not going to enter into the conversation of why he prayed, how he prayed, why did he go on and go into Eretz Israel. That's a different time, not for now. I want to focus on one thing. I want to focus on what it looks like when you're desperate for something. When you're desperate for something, you prayed Shacharit, you didn't get it. Mincha, you didn't get it. Arbi, you didn't get it. So what? You pray again and again and again and again and again and again. If something is really, truly valuable to you, then you never, ever, ever give up in pursuit of that goal. So when God says to us, be very careful that you don't forget the words of the Torah, what is God doing? He's telling you, this is how important Torah is. But the solution to not forgetting Torah it's not tricks of memory. It's not having a photographic memory. That's not the trick. The trick is to constantly be in the process of studying Torah. Now I need to share this with you because I think this is amazing. The Gemara says a famous line. The Gemara says, What does that mean? It's using an agricultural reference. You know, turn the earth. When you dig the shovel in, 
they would turn the earth over to get the bottom to be part at the top so that the nutrient-rich earth underneath, the moist earth underneath, would be come to the top and it wouldn't be in the hardened, dried shell of the top of the earth. So it would be better for planting. Turn it over. Turn it over. Because the Torah has everything in it. I was thinking that there's a beautiful chidush in these words. Maybe not the simple way of understanding the Gemara. Not a fochba ve'a Turn it over. Turn it over because everything's in the Torah. That's not what it means. It means turn it over. Turn it over. Dekulaba. Because everything is in turning it over. Kula. All of your Torah is dependent on the fact that you're constantly reviewing, going over, doing through, through, reviewing something one more time, going to another class, ensuring that the line of Torah is not broken. You know what? I have some interesting conversations sometimes with people. And you just smile and nod. You ever have conversations like that? Smile and nod. Right? You know, you know what I'm talking about? You are. <laughs> I'm not gonna, we're not going to point out who that was on camera. Right? We're just going to save marriage. <laughs> uh, Baruch Hashem. Right? You ever smile and nod? Right? You just not, you can't, you can't be. I have a guy who comes to me, he says, Rabbi, I swear to you, I listen to you every single day. I said to my, I was cracking up. Why? Because in the summer, I only give the class Tuesdays and Thursdays. I listen every day. So I smiled and nodded. But the guy caught me smiling and nodding. You know when the guy catches you? He's like, oh, what, you don't believe me? You don't believe me? I was about to tell him why. He goes, in the summer, when you only speak Tuesdays and Thursdays, he goes, I go back to Spotify that week's parasha in last year's go-round or two years ago's go-round. I said, I never miss a day breakfast in the class even if you don't give it. So first of all, I judged him not favorably. You know, I had the smile on my face. But he caught me and I'm glad he caught me. If I'm not giving the class, find someone else. Find Rabbi Mizrahi's class that day. Find a class. Could you imagine as an example, you know, uh, uh, so the one day a person is hooked up to an oxygen machine, okay, in the, in the hospital. You know, the, the nurse, you know, the oxygen level is getting lower and lower and lower. There's a nurse every day. It's her job to replace the oxygen tank. One day, the nurse doesn't come to replace the oxygen tank. It goes 40%, 30% red line, 20%. Could you imagine the guy sitting there and saying, all right, she didn't come. Right? right? No one's going to do that. Right? What do you do? Right? You call the next uh, nurse. You call the doctor. I remember my great uncle was a very funny guy. So he was in the hospital bed and he kept ringing the item and no one came. He's going Majnoon. No one would come. They wouldn't bring him his food. He's starving in the bed. So what did he do? He called 911. <laughs> they said, what's the emergency? He says, there's a patient starving to death. Where are you, sir? I'm in Mount Sinai. <laughs> this room, this bed. <laughs> they called the hospital. They got so mad at him. <laughs> 
right? When you're, when you're starving, when you need oxygen, right? Mechila, it wasn't Mount Sinai. I don't want to get sued. I don't know what hospital it was. Okay? Do you understand me? When you're starving, when you don't have oxygen, if the nurse doesn't show up, you don't say the nurse doesn't show up and you die. You get another nurse. So if Rabbi Fari didn't come online, you listen every day, what are you going to do? Just sit there? You die today? You need Torah. It's not my Torah. It's God's Torah. I'm just trying to give it over in a way that people understand it. Find something else. Go back to another class. Listen to the class from two days ago. But a day without Torah is impossible. If not, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Briti, if not for my Brit, my covenant day and night, Chukot Shamaim Ba'aretz Losanti. I would not have created the world. The world, if there would be one second when no one would be studying Torah, the world would cease to exist. In fact, there were people who realized that many people don't study on Purim. There's times of the night. Rabbi Mansour in Brooklyn has a kolel that studies through the whole night. So there should not be a moment in the community where Torah is not being learned. So there's kolim in the day, a lot of them, yeshivot. His kolel starts at midnight and goes through the whole night. So that there should not be one second in the Syrian community where people are not studying Torah to protect like the pasuks, like the Gemara says, Torah is magina umatzla. It saves, it protects. My friends, this idea, this concept, make sure you don't forget. Right? It's a matter of life or death. What do you do in order to do that? You institute. You lock in. And I've been saying this again and again over the last few days. When a person dies, the Gemara says, they're going to ask him, Kavata itim la Torah. Did you set times for Torah? Set times is not, did you learn every day? It means a set time. And the reason why the, the, the uh, Gemara tells you, you need to set time, let it just tell you, learn eight minutes a day. Eight minutes a day keeps the Malach HaMavet away. Someone should make t-shirts. Right? Yeah. That's, if that's what you want to say, that's what you should say. And as Israel Chachamim explained, it's not enough to learn 10 minutes a day. It should be the same 10 minutes at the same time on the watch. And I think part of the reason for that is because when a person is saying that this time is inviolate, I can't do anything else with this time, they are illustrating how important the Torah is. This doesn't get moved for anything or for anyone. And if you want to make sure that that doesn't interrupt a business meeting, so choose a time when you're never going to get a business call. Make it early, make it late. But that time, even if it's a very short amount, should be locked in your calendar. It doesn't budge. Kavata itim la Torah. And I think that part of that idea is you're creating an anchor which says that there's nothing more important than this. You could learn other times in the day, but that set time is a tremendous bringer of biracha. Please, uh, you know, there's many things I've asked people to do uh, throughout the ages. When I ask you to do something, ask Bore Olam for something in exchange for the fact that you're doing it. You're looking for Beracha. Is there any more greater Beracha than bringing the Torah into your life? 
Our rabbis tell us that when a person studies Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself comes down to you and studies the words of Torah along with you. Could you imagine a better Chavruta than God himself? It's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot. Even if you sit and study Torah by yourself, God himself comes and studies Torah with you. I want to share something with you. All right? I'll share something with you. You have people who are trying to fundraise for a yeshiva. You have a guy who's trying to fundraise to build a Bet Chabad. They'll do anything to spend time with a wealthy donor. They'll put up a mezuzot, they'll come bring you challah. They'll do whatever it takes. You know why? Because they know that when you're with someone and someone is there with you, even if you're there to put up a mezuzah or a challah, and the guy asks you, how's it going in the yeshiva, da-da-da, you have now an opening to ask for something. So if you make sure you got the audience, the most important thing is getting the audience. And that's how you can actually turn that audience into a situation where the yeshiva, the hospital, the orphanage could get the tzedakah that it needs. So people who are good fundraisers, they're incredible at creating opportunities uh, to sit with people of means. But there is no one who is a greater being of means than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ki liya kesef, You want an audience with God? Mishnah and Avot tells you how. Sit down, open a book. You sat down, you started to learn, Borei Olam's right there with you. Now that he's there with you, and you finished learning, don't interrupt your learning to, to give you a request. Then uh, you uh, belittled your learning. But after the learning, or before the learning, say that this kriya, this learning, this limuda Torah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I need help with something. I need help with this. I need help with that. That's the secret to be able to getting an audience with Borei Olam himself. May Hashem bless us to have the berachot, haktuvot, basefer hazeh, the blessings that are filled, you know, that the Torah is filled with. And the only way to get those lessons, to bring those, that, that Torah into our home, to never forget it, is to make sure that there's not a day that doesn't go by without it. There was a violinist, his name was Itzik, Itzik Perlman. And he once was asked, you know, how long to play the way he plays? How long does he have to play? How long does it take him? He says, he says what do you mean, how long did it take me to learn? He says, I'm still learning. I practice five to six hours a day. If he doesn't practice for one day, he says, the next day he can tell in his playing that he's not perfect. He's off. If someone who's such an expert, who knows the violin by heart, who could play beautiful concertos, even with strings missing from his violin, if he tells you that if he doesn't spend five to six hours practicing, there's something missing from his expertise, his craft is not what it was, how much more so in the craft of life, the craft of Torah, we have to make sure that we never miss a day, that we're constantly engaging, that we're always learning, that we're always growing. And Be'ezrat Hashem, ha ve'afokba. If we constantly are engaged in it, kulaba, everything that you could ever want is in the process of consistency in Torah learning. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.